Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, is Senior Staff Writer Ryan Whitfield. And we've got some big news for you this week. Ryan, you got a new column coming out for all our readers on footballgarbagetime.com. Why don't you go ahead and tell them all about it? Yeah, thanks. Uh, so my new column is going to be called 12 Men on D, and it is uh, going to be 12 quick takes from the week, um, and, uh, you know, the week before and leading into the, to the following week. So a little bit switch and uh, transgression for my uh, four down territory column. So uh, a little more takes, a little shorter takes this, uh, this time around. That will be out this Thursday. Well, more takes from Ryan is always more more reading and more information for all our readers, and I think it's going to be great. Everybody, go ahead and check that out on the website. It's coming up each and every week. I'm excited about it, and I'm sure you're all going to enjoy it. we got a lot to talk about this week, about week two. We're going to cover some winners and losers. We're going to go back to our popular Too Legit to Quit or Can't Touch This segment, and we're going to give you some fantasy football advice coming up all today. So let's go ahead and get this thing started. All right, the first segment today is going to be our winners and losers from week one, and we have a lot to talk about there. So, Ryan, why don't you kick us off with one of your winners from week one? Well, this will uh, come as no surprise to our listeners, but I'm going uh, Sir Thomas Brady uh, as my number one winner. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, uh, I saw all the tweets again this weekend of uh, the rumors of the Patriots. Um, demise have been greatly exaggerated, which is, you know, a tired cliche, but it is funny how uh, how people jump all over them every time, you know, how often people have made this mistake. And uh, it, it was made again, and Brady was on a mission, you know, for somebody who's done it um, as long as he has, as well as he has, and obviously, you know, in my opinion, the greatest quarterback of all time to come out and throw mm-hmm. three first-quarter touchdowns, something he's never done in his career. The fact that he found something he had never done um, and was able to add that to his resume this late in his career is pretty un- unbelievable. So, uh, thought, thought, thought the game plan from the Patriots was beautiful. Um, obviously, you got to take it with a grain of salt because that New Orleans defense is a mess. Um, but obviously, a big win, a big win for them, and a big win for Brady uh, on Sunday. Yeah, I agree with that. He looked really good. He did not look old at all, and he was finding all his receivers. And that's a mishmash of receivers at this point with all the injuries that are mounting there. And quite frankly, when Gronk was on the field, he was really impressive. So I think as long as they keep a healthy stat, a set of receivers out there, he's there's going to be no stopping him going forward. All right, my first winner of the week is C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson rushed for 25 uh, 25 times for 118 yards and a touchdown this week, adding three receptions with 36 yards and another touchdown against that battered Cowboys defense. Uh, There was some talk in the preseason and early on about Jamal Charles taking some of those carries from him. And, of course, Devontae Booker, the rookie from last year, is coming off an injury, and there's some talk about him having a share in the backfield, but I don't see that as likely anymore. Anderson, he really impressed me in week two. He had some huge gains on a lot of big gaps in the run, in, in line, and he, he really was able to move that ball forward. Part of that due to the fact that the uh, Broncos offensive line looks to be improved. Um, but, you know, honestly, this is the second game in a row 
where he's had big gaps to run through. So, honestly, I think that the offensive line has looked good. There's going to be some problems, perhaps, coming up in the future because left tackle Garrett Poles may be out or could is out, and that's going to be a problem. But I think that he's looked so good, and, uh, and Mike McCoy is calling just the right plays for him. He's looked better than he's looked in years. I, I, really, I really think he's a big winner from the weekend. All right, Ryan, any thoughts about C.J. Anderson before you move on to your second pick of our winner? Yeah, I mean, I, I think to this point he's looked good, uh, as you said, but um, I think a lot of this banks on, on you know, if Trevor Simeon can keep making uh, keep making plays for them to, to keep defenses guessing and balanced. Um, I think his consistency and his health, uh, his ability to stay healthy throughout a length of a full 16 games at his size um, is really what's going to, def- uh, you know, Mm-hmm. impact whether or not C.J. Anderson can be an impact player for the full season. Right. So um, through the first two weeks, absolutely agree. Uh, I'm not fully buying in on C.J. Anderson for the length of the season at this point still, though. Okay, all right. So that gives us your second winner from week two, Ryan. Second winner is the return of Martavis Bryant. Uh, thought mm-hmm. he was brilliant this weekend. Um, obviously in fantasy leagues, he put up big numbers and obviously put up big numbers on the field. I thought he looked explosive, and he showed that he still has that big play chemistry with Roethlisberger, and, you know, I think that's the X factor for that offense. Le'Veon Bell has been horrendous to this point in the season, um, yep. but you have to assume at some point he's going to get going, and if you can add, you know, instead of just having the, you know, the, the killer, quote-unquote, killer bees there, um, or I guess Brian's a bee too, right? So if you add Brian yeah, who has the fourth bee, the killer <laughs> bees there, um, you have a real dangerous offense. So I think, I think he was great this weekend uh, after a slow start in week one which I think was to be expected given how, many, how long he's been out of the league. But it's nice to see he still has it. And I'm still very high on Martavis Bryant, and I thought it was a, a breakout performance this weekend. I totally agree with that. Loved what he did this weekend. And, of course, uh, my second winner of the weekend, I'm going to go deep on this one. I'm going to say Hunter Henry of the Los Angeles Chargers. In week one, Henry was outstapped by Antonio Gates. He didn't get a single target. Well, that all changed in week two when Henry caught all seven of his targets for 80 yards against the hapless Dolphins. So, you know, honestly, Gates did catch a short touchdown this week, but, you know, now that he's set the record for most TDs by a tight end in in NFL history, uh, getting in front of Tony Gonzalez, I don't think we're going to see him much in the red zone anymore. I think that essentially they are force-feeding him in order to get him that record. Uh, I don't know how much more we're going to see of him. And And honestly, what we saw this weekend is a reminder of what Henry can be in the future particularly after Gates retires. So I was impressed with Hunter Henry this week. All right, let's turn to the other side of the ball. Uh, the other side, I shouldn't say of the ball, but the other side here, and just talk about the losers from week one. Why don't you give it week two? Give us uh, one of your losers from week two, Ryan. Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll come out and put it on my cards on the table right now that both my losers are going to be from the same team. And uh, okay. they both played last night. Um, number one, I'm going Eli Manning. Um, another porous game from him. Um, yep. You know, you're, you're reading the papers a lot today and, uh, and online. Uh, the, the, the endless the offensive line sucks for the Giants, you know, commentary. And how can you blame Eli? Who could play behind that offensive line? And I think that is one of the biggest cop-out, cheapest analyzations that you constantly hear in the NFL. There's so many times that you hear about how bad the offensive line. In the last five years, Aaron Rodgers has had some pretty porous offensive lines. Russell Wilson's had some pretty bad offensive lines. The Patriots, two years ago in 2015, had a really bad offensive line when Nate Solder went out for injury and Sebastian Vollmer. And what did those three guys do? They all went on deep playoff runs in those years. Um, 
So, so you can over if you're good enough, you can overcome a defensive line. And if you're looking at it in a vacuum of these two games, sure, you can excuse the way Eli Manning's play. Me and you, I think, and I really want to keep pounding this. I think me and you have been ahead of this. We started saying mm-hmm. two years yep. ago on this podcast that there was a noticeable decline in Eli Manning, and no one's talking about it. And now they've added all these weapons around him, and he's still he's still bad. And you know the play that I thought was an absolute joke last night. Um, it was uh, mid second quarter, I want to say. Ziggy Anza, who had an amazing game last night, was a freak out there and all over the field, and uh, mm-hmm. eating flowers lunch the entire game. But he comes in, and it looks like he gets he gets Eli tripped up and takes him down. But when they showed the second replay from the behind the end zone angle, you see that Eli's never even touched. He gets away from Zanza, and he's got another guy coming down. I forget who it was coming at him, and he just lays on the ground and gives up on a sack. You know, very mm-hmm. similar to when Strahan set the record all those years ago, and I think it was hard for just lay down and gave him a sack. I mean, it looked like right. that. Like, that's embarrassing. Um, you know, obviously the, the delay a game on fourth down. It was just mistake ridden up and down the field, and he's been, he's been, he's been horrendous. And I, I know he has no offensive line. But he's been terrible, and last night was an absolute joke. And that team is, is a complete nightmare right now. Okay, and let me let me guess. The second loser is it Brandon Marshall? Brandon Marshall. Uh, you know Ben McAdoo was a close third for publicly throwing his quarterback <laughs> under the bus. But uh, yeah. but yeah, Brandon Marshall. Brandon Marshall's right. got you know one reception for ten yards. He can't get any separation out there. You know he dropped down from a hundred receptions yeah. down to fifty last year, and he'll be lucky to amass twenty five at this point. And he had a brutal, brutal drop late in the game there where he should have been should have been a 30-plus yard reception just right off his shoulder pads. Uh, really terrible uh, ball control there. Uh, you're right. I agree with both of those. It's uh, We've been on the bandwagon for a while. It doesn't look good. I'll give you one of my, my losers, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I know I'm on, I, I can't say enough about this, but, uh, you know, obviously take the personal out of it. But he usually proves it on the field, and he did not do that in week two. He had an all-time low. He rushed nine times for eight yards against the Broncos. Now, part of it was game plan as the Cowboys tried to spread it out against a tough pass defense, but Elliott was completely ineffective on all aspects of the game, including una- being unable to convert on any of those third, short third downs that he was called on to convert. He, uh, he was called out by many after the game for giving up on plays, in particular in turnovers, where he was caught on TV standing around with his hands on his hip and not giving pursuit after an interception. Now, head coach Jason Garrett attributed it to being, quote, frustrated uh, but did eventually say that his attitude had to be addressed. In all honesty, I think Garrett went entirely too easy on him. Any thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah, I have a big thought. Um, I know I'm never short of opinions on here, but um, <laughs> yeah. you know this one's been kind of uh, been kind of a, a you know developing opinion in my head, and I'm going to come out and say it now. There's one word to describe Ezekiel Elliott: loser. He is a loser. <laughs> I am so done with this guy. His off-the-field crap, his on-the-field crap, it's easy to be the fun-loving guy when you're winning. Everyone can yep. win, right? But, but yep. you, you see your true character when you lose. And the same guy who threw Urban Meyer under the bus after they lost uh, in the college football playoffs two years ago, who then yep. jettisoned his way out of town uh, like the brat child he is. And then after having a pretty successful two-first, you know, start of the second season in the NFL, you're having one bad day in Denver, and he can't be bothered to hustle and even make it look like he cares. And like the first interception is the one that's getting all the highlights. But if you watch the second one, he uh, right. he's throwing a cut block, and he's laying on the ground. He doesn't even bother to get up. He just lays there and watches <laughs> on the keep to lead return. He's a bum. Yep. He he's he's not a winner. You you can win with him, but if he's one of the big you know the the the, the big cogs on your team. Your team, that you have something wrong in your DNA. So he is a loser, and not enough bad things can happen to him from this point going forward, in my opinion. 
Yeah, he needs an attitude adjustment for sure. And my second loser is DeMarco Murray. He only totaled 25 yards on nine carries, grabbing only one of two targets for three yards against the Jaguars. I know the Jaguars' defense is semi-legit, but they weren't dominant against everybody else on the Titans because everyone else was able to move the ball, including his backfield mate, Derrick Henry. Now, part of the problem is Murray had some hamstring tightness, so that's probably why he was out of the game part of the time. But he did not look that good when even when he was on the field as compared to Henry. I think he may be in danger of losing snaps coming up shortly. All right, let's kind of switch this over here and get some quick takes because we're going to go back to our too legit to quit or can't touch this segment, a segment we started last year. There's a lot to talk about this week. I'm going to go ahead and name a bunch of players Talk a little bit, just give you some of the stats, and then I want to get your take, Ryan. Are they too legit to quit, or are they can't touch this? So the first one we want to talk about is Jacoby Brissett of the Indianapolis Colts. He's only been on the roster for two weeks, but he managed to complete 20 of 37 passes to 216 yards, adding six scrambles of 22 yards, almost led the Colts over the Cardinals until a bad interception at the beginning of overtime. What about Jacoby Brissett? Too legit to quit or can't touch this? Yeah, I can't touch this. So it was a you know, nice improvement this week, but uh, we're going to have to see it over a longer period of time. And obviously he's not going to be the starter in Indianapolis as soon as luck comes back. So can develop, but for right now, can't, uh, you know, can't touch this. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he, he can be a, a, a valuable sub, but uh, I need to see more as well. All right, next guy on the list, Chris Thompson of the Washington Redskins. Thompson's rushed. Thompson rushed three times for 77 yards. That's right, three times for 77 yards and two touchdowns. Caught three of seven targets at 29 yards against the Rams defense, which up until this point we thought was actually good. Now, part of this was because Rob Kelly, who was doing well prior to injury, had to leave the game with a rib injury. But uh, what do you think about Chris Thompson? Too legit to quit or can't touch this? Can't touch this. We've seen this story from uh, Chris Thompson before. He's a, he's a home run hitter, but he's inconsistent, so... Um, he'll have these games where he goes off and it looks great and everyone jumps onto the waiver wire in fantasy trying to pick him up. Uh, but he'll have maybe one or two more games like this the rest of the year and then I'll have other, you know, more pedestrian performances. So can't touch this uh, until further notice. Yep, I agree with that. I mean, it's uh, you can't count on three carries for 77 yards and two touchdowns every week. That doesn't make any sense. All right, next guy on the list, Chris Carson, Seattle Seahawks. Now, of course, Eddie Lacy was a healthy scratch this weekend and after all of that preseason momo jumbo of him losing weight etc etc they didn't even want to play him thomas rawls came back from injury so we all thought rawls would be the leading leading the backfield but uh aside from starting the game it was chris carson that took over he rushed 20 times for 93 yards caught one of two targets seven yards against the 49ers thomas rawls played just 16 snaps against carson's 51 snaps so what do you think chris carson too legit to quit or can't touch this I am I'm putting the mortgage on Chris Carson. I'm putting all my chips into the center of the table. Absolutely <laughs> too legit to quit. I love Chris Carson. Um, you know, you said we all thought Thomas Rawls was going to be the starter. I did not think Thomas Rawls was going to be the starter. He has been uh, inconsistent and a borderline bum to me um, in his opportunities in Seattle. And he looked like the best of, of, the, of the, you know, the, the proverbial crap they were throwing against the wall and seeing what was going to stick. Um, Chris Carson proved it this weekend, too. Obviously, you know, I think it was four carries for five yards, or, or five for four. It was one of the two for Thomas Rawls in the mm-hmm. first half. And then they started leaning on Chris Carson in the second half, and obviously this was Rawls' return. Um, and Carson came back out there and showed built off of what he did week one and said, no, this is my, my backfield. Um, I think yeah. he's legit. I think he runs a lot of energy, can catch the ball out of the backfield. And I think that uh, he will be hands down 
uh, the premier number one back by the end of week four, and there'll be no question going forward. So I am all in on Chris Carson. I love this guy. Yeah, I one of the one of the only one of the few bright spots I should say on the Seattle offense last week, and I also agree. I think he is too legit to quit. He is going to be big. Next guy on the list, Javorius Buck Allen of the Baltimore Ravens. Allen rushed 14 times with 66 yards, caught five and six targets with 35 yards and a touchdown in week two against the Browns. Allen played 42 of 68 snaps compared to starter, quote-unquote, Terrence West, 15. Now, apparently, West had a soft tissue injury, and that's why he didn't play most of the game. But what are your thoughts about Buck Allen? Too legit to quit or can't touch this? Yeah, I think you got to buy uh, big on Buck Allen right now. You know, too legit to quit here. He, uh, you know, the Ravens are going to always want to run the ball, and I think he's got a good enough skill set he can do it. Terrence West is on his second team, his second year with that team. And, you know, he's been given every chance in his career to, to overtake or take, you know, completely take control of the RB1 situation everywhere he's been. And he's never been able to do it. And so he's shown flashes and he's a frustrating guy. And I just, you know, soft issue injury or not, um, I think this is going to be Buck Allen's team. And it's the Ravens. They're a little bit of an old school football team, right? You know, like the ground and pound and play defense and then throw the long ball and, and run off play action. So I think Buck Allen is, uh, is going to be a viable RB2 option of fantasy. And I think he'll be the, the premier back, you know, in the next couple of weeks here and going forward for the rest of the year for Baltimore. Yes, I agree. And I think he's going to be particularly good in PPR leagues with his involvement in the past game. Let's move on to the next guy on the list. That's Chris Johnson. That's right. CJ2K, CJ1K, CJ question mark K. He's back. CJ was waived in the preseason, but then it was brought right back after David Johnson went on IR. He managed to rush 11 times, 44 yards in week two against the Colts. Nothing special, but he's been good in this offense before. And head coach Bruce Arians has said that CJ can move up the depth chart for week three. So Chris Johnson, too legit to quit or can't touch this? Can't touch this. I'm done with Chris Johnson. Um, he's about as useful to me as a, as a speedy receiver, uh, undersized guy. He just runs fly routes on the outside. Um, he, he has been good in this offense before, but that was two years ago. And in, in running back years, that's, uh, that's almost two uh, lifetimes ago. So um, <laughs> right. I'm not in on Chris Johnson. I don't care if he moves up the depth chart. I'm just I'm so down on that entire team right now. Um, you know, John Brown can't stay healthy. Carson Palmer's over the hill. Um, and then, you know, when you're talking about a guy this old who's been running for pretty much my entire adult life in the NFL, um, I think you have, you have huge problems if he's going to be your quote-unquote savior at running back. So uh, cannot touch this. No way, no how. Yep, I totally agree with that. He is not the answer there, but apparently neither is Curtin Williams or Andre Ellington, so it may be running back not currently on the roster that is the person in charge of the backfield in the near future. Next guy on the list is Richard Higgins, wide receiver of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Interestingly, Richard Higgins wasn't even playing in the NFL. He was in the practice squad before this. Now, keep in mind, he was just recently drafted, drafted in the same class as Corey Coleman. But Corey Coleman now has a broken hand. He's on the IR. Penny Britt, he's totally mailing it in. Higgins steps up, catches 7 of 11 targets for 95 yards in week two against a tough Ravens defense. And he's now listed as the starter on a Browns depth chart. Now, both Deshaun Kaiser and Kevin Hogan played a quarterback this week. Kaiser had to step up to the migraines. Uh, both of them targeted Higgins equally. What do you think about Rashard Higgins? Too legit to quit or can't touch this? I'm going uh, too legit to quit. You know, I don't, I don't love the player. I don't think he's uh, an elite guy, but um, I think the most important part is the, like you, the last thing you just said there, the targets. 
you know, obviously they can develop the chemistry with Deshaun Kaiser, um, but then to, to have, you know, the chemistry there uh, as well when, when a backup steps in, you know, speaks to the way this guy practices, the way these guys um, trust in him and, and the, the positions Hugh Jackson's putting him in shows that he trusts them. So it's almost the Cooper Cup effect where um, I don't think that they're the most talented receivers in the world, but if you're reliable and you have sure hands and you're willing to work hard out there, I think there's a spot for you. And if he's going to get those kind of targets, especially from a fantasy perspective in a PPR league, and he's going to have the production he's had to this point, I think he's got to buy on him. Yep, I think he's going to make whoever ends up behind center in week three look better in Cleveland. He uh, obviously is reliable, and he works hard. Everyone seems to like him in the locker room. So I, I agree. Too legit to quit on him. Next guy on the list is Tariq Cohen of the Chicago Bears. Not much nice things you can say about my Bears, but Tariq Cohen has been a little bit of a breakout. Week one, 113 total yards and a touchdown. Follows it up in week two by catching eight of nine passes for 55 yards. Uh, in uh, in the, in week two against the Bucks, and he also had seven carries for 13 yards. Now, of course, Jordan Howard had a shoulder injury, and uh, he actually went out partway through the game, had a sling, wouldn't talk to the media. Ugh, it doesn't look good for our favorite uh, preseason favorite, Jordan Howard. What do you think about Tariq Cohen? Too legit to quit, or can't touch this? Yeah, I'm going too legit to quit. He, uh, you know, he's kind of done it all. I mean, obviously, the running or the rushing totals were a little bit concerning this week. Um, I think he's better suited with Howard in there, where he can be kind of more of a change of pace, uh, pass catching guy. Um, totally agree. But either way, yeah. But either way, you know, I, I like the way he's played, and I think he's popped. And uh, you know, following it up, you know, especially with the receiving stats this week after his week one performance, I think is a, a plus for who he is and who he will he'll be going forward here. Yeah. So I love Tariq Cohen as well, but I just bought my Jordan Howard jersey literally a month ago. So he better freaking get back on the field because I haven't had a chance to actually even wear it yet. So <laughs> Jordan Howard, get over the shoulder injury for goodness sake. All right. Should have bought it last year. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm always a late. I'm always late to these things. All right. JJ Nelson, next guy on the list. Arizona Cardinals. John Brown ruled out of a quad injury in week two. Actually, J.J. Nelson, one of my picks for DFS this weekend. He won me a ton of cash games this weekend. J.J. Nelson caught five of seven targets, 120 yards, and a touchdown against the weak Colts defense in week two. John Brown already ruled out for week three. What do you think about J.J. Nelson? Too legit to quit? Or can't touch this? I, I hate J.J. Nelson. I, I'm so, again, I'm so low. And maybe wow. it's my bitterness of, of, of owning David Johnson in a league and, and John Brown in like three leagues because I bought into he would bounce back this year. Those two yep. pissed me off so much that I can't even stand to look at that team uh, with the red uniform on Sunday. Um, <laughs> but I, I, he is what he is, what he is right? He, he's taking control of an opportunity right now. John Brown's out. He's sliding into that number two role, and he did it against a porous Colts team that uh, that is barely an NFL team at this point. So, um, you know, for a DFS pickup, you know, play for this week. Sure, if you're really hurting in your, uh, you know, fantasy league where there's no, you know, free agency budget or there's no maximum moves you can make and you just need to pick somebody up to spot play for one week this week, sure, take a flyer on him. But aside from that, I'm not relying on him week in and week out. You know, he's not a rookie. He's a guy who's been in the league a couple of years. I think we kind of know what, what Nelson is at this point. Yeah, I like Nelson. I like his skill set. I think he will be productive in that Cardinals offense and good for the Cardinals as long as John Brown is out. Once he's back, he's going to be back to his kind of gimmicky fly down the field and try and catch the long ball, and then it's just going to be inconsistent. Uh, I think Nelson actually would be a better would be better in another system. I think they bring him to another team, made him a number two wide receiver. He could actually flourish. But in the Cardinals, it's going to be tough. 
All right. Let's ring the bell on that one and move on to our last segment, and that is our new waiver wire must add. So all of you probably know, and if you don't, you should check it out. I have a waiver favors column that comes out of all my waiver pickup suggestions every Sunday night. So you can scoop on your league mates and grab who I think you should grab from those that are available in at least 50% of standard Yahoo leagues. But we're going to cover a couple today. So Ryan, tell me, who are your two must adds from this week? Yeah, so uh, full disclosure, I got your notes about uh, five minutes before the show that you were putting Chris Carson on your list. Um, So Chris Carson was uh, was high on my list, so I I will reiterate that, but I did come up with two others. Um, So my other one that I had originally with Carson was Alvin Kamara, um, another good almost double-digit league here, especially if you're in a half PPR or PPR league. He's going to catch the ball in the backfield. He had a couple drops last week, but, you know, that offense right now, that running back crew, obviously Ingram can run the ball. Um, out of the backfield. Um, Adrian Peterson's a mess. Uh, the receiving options outside of Mike Thomas are an absolute joke. I know Coleman had a good uh, start to the week last week, but I'm not buying on Coleman long term. So I think Alvin Kamara really is the number two uh, passing option this year, and he'll continue to develop with Drew Brees and hopefully get rid of some of those drops as the season goes on. So um, he's owned in about 30% of leagues right now, uh, especially if you're in a 12-team league with uh, you know deep uh, deep lineups. So I would absolutely take a, get Alvin Kamara on there and consider playing him as a flex option. Week in, week out, it's been consistent through the two, first two weeks. Um, the other guy is a, is a veteran, pretty long forgotten, had a breakout week against Cleveland this week. And I think, um, you forget the year he had two years ago in New Orleans, but I think Ben Watson, um, he's also in, yeah. owned in less than 50% of leagues, um, had a great breakout performance. And I think, you know, uh, Flacco likes throwing to his tight ends. And I think this is one of the more skilled guys they've had there in a while. And I know he's ancient. I mean, I think he was drafted by the Patriots in 04, 05, somewhere back there. I mean, he is, he's been yep. around for literally forever, um, but he showed he still has it in League 2. So, uh, Ben Watson, if you're looking for a tight end, you know, at eight receptions for 91 yards, um, I think you can rely on him for five-plus catches a week and uh, will definitely uh, grab you some red zone touchdowns. So, uh, Ben Watson's my, my secondary guy here. Yeah, and of all the injuries at tight end this week with, uh, you know, of course, Greg Olson going out with the, injury, with the fractured foot, and uh, Tyler Eifert injured once again. And, of course, Gronkowski with a potential injury. You know, it, and tight ends just kind of underperforming across the board. That's a, that's a great call. I like Ben Watson. He was in my article as well. I'm going to go something maybe a little bit controversial here. I'm going to go with Trevor Simeon, quarterback from the Denver Broncos. And I can't believe I'm saying this. But, I, you know, the proof is in the box score. The fact of the matter is in week one, Simeon had a solid showing. He managed to complete 17 of 28, 219 yards and two touchdowns, just one interception. Week two, he went nuts, completing 22 of 32 passes for 231 yards, a whopping four touchdowns, and uh, one interception, and a blowout win against the Cowboys. Now, part of it is that Cowboys defense is atrocious. But the other part of it is that he's looking downfield a lot, and Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are looking like the one-two wide receivers that we came to expect them to be uh, previously. And I think they're starting to click. I really do. Now, I don't say you pick him up in 10-team or 12-team leagues, but 14-team leagues or deeper or any two-quarterback leagues, I think that Trevor Simeon should be owned. Uh, any thoughts on Trevor Simeon? 1,000% agree. Through uh, the first two weeks in standard leagues, He's averaging 25 fantasy points a week, which obviously in a standard league is, uh, you know, that's an elite quarterback number right there uh, to average. So um, I think it was 24 the first week, 27 the second week. He's played well to this point. He's got the weapons. You know, if the run game and the defense plays like they are and they keep getting those turnovers for him, he's going to have a lot of short fields and a lot of opportunities to score touchdowns. So um, in, in two quarterback leagues or, you know, 12 to 14 team 
leagues, I'm, I'm, I'm buying in. You know, definitely if you're looking for a guy in the waiver wire in a bye week situation, Trevor Simeon is a good play going forward. Yeah, I love I love him as a bye week quarterback. I love him as a backup. If you, even if you have a good starter, I think that's something that you want to consider, particularly if a struggling starter, Marcus Mariota, for instance, Carson Palmer, Russell Wilson. Maybe if Dak Prescott is actually injured, we're not sure about that. He's worth a look for all you guys who want a little bit of insurance at the quarterback position. All right, that is all the time we have for our show today. Ringing the bell on the show. Ryan, why don't you give us your Twitter and your Instagram so people can follow you? Yeah, so my Twitter is at Ryan Whitfield, N-E, and my, uh, our Instagram is football underscore garbage time, uh, football underscore garbage underscore time. And uh, last but not least, obviously check out my 12 men on the field. Um, new column coming out Thursday, and it's brought to you by DraftingSleepers.com, the social network for fantasy sports. Yes, definitely check that out and go to DraftingSleepers.com. And, of course, we have our picks in every week. Go check out our NFL picks. We're up against the Urban Sports Scene podcast. Uh, we're just really kicking butt right now, and I think we're going to really take it to them this year. And, and I, I know, Ryan, you're doing better than I am, but I am creeping up. I'm telling you, I am creeping <laughs> Understatement. up. Understatement. Understatement. <laughs> All right. So that's all the time we got. Until next time, everybody enjoy your NFL week. One second. Oh, oh, you know what? Yeah, we should actually announce we have we have another podcast tomorrow. Yes, we do. Um, I, I know I'll throw it out since uh, for, for any of our listeners in the Boston area, um, tomorrow we will be joined by Joe Murray uh, of the Joe Show on the weekends of ninety-eight five, the Sports Hub, CBS Boston Sports Radio. Um, so obviously a very big guest. We're very pumped and excited to have him. So check back tomorrow night. That's uh, we're recording 8 to 8.30, and we'll have the podcast out some point tomorrow night. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to be talking about DFS and NFL picks and spread, so it's going to be great information for all you guys who are into DFS and NFL picks and pools. And now, everyone, enjoy your NFL. Akun, <laughs> try to come out of last place in those picks this week. <laughs> I knew you had to get your cabin at this point. <laughs>